0: Competing teams were forced to get
1: off of home base because it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting
0: hurt. There were ten people that were taken off site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast
2: ninety nine. Okay, podcast ninety nine. We are back and in action. Back in action. Back end in action. I don't know. Uh we got a couple things to catch you up with before we jump into the uh into the show if you will. So uh real quick important lit the band liked one of our Instagram posts and I'm very excited about that. The official Instagram yes. account of the band lit. Uh they... lit
3: band official. Yeah, lit.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> yeah, uh lit band official liked one of our posts and um they obviously have not listened to the show. That <laughs> that's all I, <laughs> yeah. I that's all I got from that. Um, so for this episode, we're going to kind of jump around in the timeline a little bit. We're going to be covering two acts today. And of course the emerging artists roundup, but we're, we're jumping, uh, we're doing two acts on the West stage. We're going to skip what was happening on the East stage in between them because next episode is going to be another legends of Woodstock 99 episode. So we're, we're doing a little time jumping here. We just want to make that clear. Uh, also we, uh, discussed how there was a, uh, Uh, another raspy-voiced announcer. We, of course, identified the main stage raspy brother, Wheeze. But we discovered who it was on the West stage, thanks to my buddy, Jason. Uh, It's none other than Rich Voss, a uh, New Jersey-born comedian. He's Fairly well-known. I mean, he was big enough to be the announcer at, at Woodstock 99. He's, he's been on the Opie and Anthony show a shit ton of times. He has his own podcast with his wife. He's been on radio a whole ton, done all, all sorts of different stand-up stuff. So the identity of Lil Raspy has, has been discovered, and it is Rich Voss. So with, uh, with that being said, let, let's get down right to it. We're on the West stage. Now, and uh, it's about 2.05-ish is when this set was built. So we're, so we're talking like 2 in the afternoon here on the West Stage, and we have the Bruce Hornsby group.
1: Woo-hoo. Yeah. Which, who uh, who yeah. John Sherr refers to as the one of the most, was it consummate?
2: Consummate musicians music. of our generation, yeah. yeah. Which honestly might be true. I mean, no one that's yeah. listening to this, I, I'm gonna say it's probably safe to assume that most of you don't know who Bruce Hornsby is. Uh, and if you do, good on you. You like uh, good adult contemporary music, um, right?
3: But but everyone should. He has one kind of big mainstream claim to fame.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100. Uh, yeah, he, he's huge though, and he's he's like one of those guys that has won like every award in music, but. Just in categories no one like the mainstream crowd doesn't really recognize. So he's a veteran of the music industry with a pretty stacked career. He's a graduate of the University of Miami. And his first introduction to success in music came when he began writing songs for Sheena Easton. He also would act as her touring keyboardist uh, during a, a couple of those tours around that time. This is, you know, early 80s. In 1984, though, he started his own band, Bruce Hornsby and The Range. They were signed to RCA Records. And with that band, he wrote his biggest hit to date. The Way It Is, which has been sampled by several rap artists, including E-40, Mace, and of course, Tupac Shakur. Uh, that's how everyone knows this song.
1: Changes. Right. Changes. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah for the song Changes, that's, that's the sample that they use. Um, and, won-
3: and I got to say, though, that it's a pretty, when you listen to the original Bruce Hornsby song, it's like a, it is like an 80s adult contemporary, it's like some super dad rock. And it's pretty impressive how Tupac flipped that to be like one of the most... Like, one of the biggest songs of the night, But it's also not like changed that much, it. though.
2: He, he doesn't change it around that yeah, much, That's, pretty, what, really that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
3: he doesn't really change it that much, but he completely, like, changes it to be where, like, n- I couldn't imagine a bunch of teenagers in the 90s, like, listening to Bruce Hornsby. But Do- all of a sudden, <laughs> everyone's homework, like, yeah. right, now they're listening to Tupac and changes, so...
2: No, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, definitely. It's I cool mean, for it, that. And it blew it up. But, I mean, that song was huge, and they won uh, a Grammy for it. They, they, they won Best New Artist, uh, and he's won a few other Grammys since then, like I was mentioning, like in bluegrass and pop instrumental categories and things like that. But, yeah, with Bruce Hornsby and The Range, they won a Grammy for Best New Artist, and it was mostly due to that song the, the way it is. Um, major, major, major 69 vibes alert during this set. This is very much what Woodstock – is pictured as being <laughs> when you watch it, it. It's not like a corn or or a limp biscuit or Kid Rock or anything like that. This is like actual Woodstock appropriate music, I'd say. Yeah, uh, and he jamming, you know,
3: guitar yeah. solos, drum solos, bass players, solo. but, but not
2: like a jam band, like a jazz band. You know what I mean? Like like it's, it's like, like
3: Grateful Dead if they were all sober.
2: Well, he played in <laughs> Grateful Dead for several years. He was their keyboardist and uh, also he played accordion with them. He toured around with the Grateful Dead quite a bit. Uh, another weird, interesting fact about him is that he's a major basketball enthusiast. He's always on ESPN being interviewed still to this day. Uh, he claims that after he helped Allen Iverson get out of prison, uh, he beat him in three games of one-on-one. <laughs> so Whoa. there's that. You know, Hornsby, consummate musician and good basketball player.
3: Or maybe he just helped Allen get out of prison and he let him win a couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, who knows? Either way, that's oh, cool. Oh, you
2: got me again, champ. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so the set, of, the set itself, it opens kind of uh, in a unique way because John Cher, the man himself, comes out to personally introduce his friend. So let's take a quick little listen to John Cher's introduction of Hornsby.
0: When you produce one of these shows, you know, there's some highlights and there's some glow lights. But one of the nicest things to do is to have one of your friends perform. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the consummate musicians in the world today, Mr. Bruce Hornsby.
2: So now Bruce walks out and he's got a camcorder, which a few other bands will have, you know, the the just classic family camera, just filming the memories, getting the crowd and stuff. And then he puts the camera on top of his piano. He's honestly, I think maybe one of the only artists to play that has a real like baby grand piano on stage. Um, maybe I, we haven't gotten there yet, but I think maybe Brian Setzer Orchestra might have a full piano, but that I'm pretty sure that that's it. And there's really no bells and whistles either. It's it's just some pro ass musicians. You know what I mean? Like everyone, like, no one's dressed fancy. Everyone's just ready to fucking play some good music for y'all tonight. You know,
3: right, right. It, yeah, Which it, does end up standing out so far with the shit we've been through. Just seeing a bunch of musicians like kind of knowing what they're doing is (laughs) uh, it's it almost seems it's like whoa holy shit yeah it's kind of like it's sort of like really high skilled like elevator music
2: completely yeah no definitely yeah it's extremely adult contemporary it's definitely a predecessor to bands like dave matthews band that kind of like jazz bluegrass infused like adult music you know and (laughs) he actually played with dave matthews and 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 stuff like that definitely inspired uh, a lot of acts like that Right. Um, in the crowd they seem really hot and uncomfortable, uh, they're, they're too mellow. No one's moving around. It's two in the afternoon, no shade, of course it's on the West stage. So it's, everyone's just baking watching this and you can kind of hear some like light booing going on, maybe out of boredom, maybe just out of frustration at how shitty it is just being there, uh, by yeah. this point,
3: you know, it sounds like, it sounds like there was booing all, all, after almost every single song yeah Yeah. no matter how good uh, it is yeah (laughs) yeah and they are really good by the way i mean they're like you you can't you watch it and like especially since it's on the jammy side compared to like mo and strange folk like that's just really annoying but like these guys do like of the jammy act so far i definitely take bruce over any of them i would take bruce
2: over a lot of fucking people that played yeah but yeah definitely out of out of the jam jam Category Bruce is on top for sure. Uh, and yeah. there's also like a weird, like, interview with him. I think it's for Much Music, uh, the Canadian MTV kind of thing that they had back then, where um he's like, you know, they're interviewing everyone walking onto the grounds and they stumble like, Hey, Bruce, what's going on? He's like, Yeah, we're just here to play some bluegrass, man. Just here to play some bluegrass. Like, I don't know. It just comes off really weird. Like, I don't know. Just wrong venue, wrong crowd, like, but right yeah. band. My
3: theory is maybe this was Cher's like favorite artist. And it was kind of like his one, like, he's like, I got a book corn. I got a book. I gotta book- <laughs> he's like, well, I'm booking Bruce Hornsby, damn it. Like, yeah, and you can't say be on shit this about bill. It. Yeah,
2: And then they're like, well, we used all, all of our budget on Metallica. He's like, well, fuck it. Cut the water budget. Cut the toilets. I want Hornsby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he comes out and fucking kisses his ass before he, he brings him out there. Uh, there's also what we're going to like refer to as like casual titties. Um, there's a bunch of different categories <laughs> of, of these Woodstock 99 bare breasts that, that get exposed. And again, we use the word titties so much on this show because that's what that's what that's the word they were using back then. You know what I mean? Like and that's the only way to describe it because like they're not being presented like breasts. These are titties. Yeah. And like when I say casual, I mean like no one's paying attention to them. No one's trying to grab at them. They're not being like crowd served and groped. They're literally just like hanging out like going through their backpack H- with their hanging boots out. out. Yeah, yeah. Just, just hanging out. So that that's casual titties. And you're going to see a lot of that when you watch the Bruce Hornsby set, it's mostly like the older women. They're just like, Oh yeah. Like I'll get free. Now This seems like a safe time to take my top off. So <laughs> lots of, lots of casual titties. Uh, he mentions having played Woodstock 94 really quick. So Cher's just been pushing this Hornsby thing on the Woodstock crowd for a long time. Uh, and he, you know, he delivers a completely true virtuoso performance you know what i mean like a Liberace level of piano
3: shredding yeah, the he's whole time. insane yeah. yeah he's a he's a tinkler he, he he is playing those keys he's really good tickling that ivory well everyone tickling. in
2: the band seems to be kind of doing that like he'll throw it off to the bassist and the bassist just melts your fucking face yeah and... the bass
3: player is ridiculous yeah i i can't tell if this was this is one of those things that jazz people do where they'll like play you know half of a second of a song and i it, this might be a '69 tribute where I, I thought for a second the bass player was playing a Jimi Hendrix song, um, that
2: he. But he played like every note on earth. Like, probably, right, yeah. You know what I mean? He probably played a little bit of like most songs during his little yeah. solo because he was just shredding it so fucking hard. Uh, yeah. About halfway into the set, that he announces that he's gonna play the song, you know, the way it is. And he kind of gives a nod to Tupac. And this is like really the only time where the crowd seems excited for something that they're about to do. Um, he mentions it, well, we'll just listen to that really quick, uh, him announcing this song and his little nod. I always wanna play this song in a big event like this. I'd like to play a song for you by uh, the late, wonderful rap artist, a song by Mr. Tupac Shakur. You can hear the crowd kind of cheer when he mentions Tupac, but honestly, like, if yeah. you're on the way back, you probably just heard, like, boo-boo-boo-boo-boo,
1: Tupac, boo 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 And they're like, yeah, yeah well, Tupac. I feel like some people might have been like, man, he really butchered that Tupac song.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, this is, like, totally bef- I mean, this is such a pre-internet thing where, like, that Tupac song was so massive. I mean, it's entirely possible that, like, 90% of the people who heard it just had no idea... That this was, like, a cover of a Bruce Hornsby song. And he kind of even makes it seem like, oh, this is Tupac's song.
2: Yeah, he says, like, this is a song by a young man named Tupac Shakur. It's like... Man, give so yourself like, a little credit. Yeah. After, like I wrote this song in he, 1984 well, yeah. he and won gave a it away Yeah, he gave it away. Well, you know, he's a selfless guy, and I don't think Hornsby is the kind of guy that really gets hung up on credit. Yeah, it much. actually, it
1: actually says here in in the notes, Ryan, that you wrote. Uh, Hornsby is a cool guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's just <laughs> a little, little, little <laughs> side note to keep, keep me humble during all this, so I don't shit on him too much. Yeah, Hornsby is a cool guy. Is one of my little like notes that I have here. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool. Uh, uh, also, when you look at the crowd, there's kind of like an Alamo, like, 300 standoff vibe between the crowd and the Peace Patrol. Like, because even though everyone's really mellow and the Peace Patrol's not having to do anything, you can just tell the storm is brewing. It's the calm before the storm. Like, when when everyone's going crazy, like, during corn or something like that, you can't really, like, it just seems chaos the entire time between Peace Patrol and the crowd. When you can just see everyone standing in front of each other, like... Like a line of maybe twelve peace patrol guys, and then a hundred thousand people, and they're just standing there. You can really tell like how deep a shit that they're actually in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. also, the the peace patrol guys really like Bruce Hornsby. They're like all nodding their head. They're like, "Oh fuck yeah, man!" Like they're older though than than a lot of the kids in the crowd, so they they probably grew up with the range version not the Tupac version uh he gets up he does he plays the accordion uh, on some songs uh mentioning that you know I don't think you know bluegrass has ever been played at Woodstock yeah, which is just extremely not bullshit. yeah that's just not true like at all the first Woodstock is like almost all bluegrass like with <laughs> like you know what i mean it's like and there's bluegrass that happened the day before at woodstock 99 there's going to be more bluegrass that happens later that day there's a lot of bluegrass just, but, just let him have the blue yeah there must man. have been a lot of
1: miscommunication at woodstock
2: he is a cool guy he's a cool guy <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna oh and then i have this other stupid note here it says they should change bluegrass to smoke grass but <laughs> oh, uh, yeah yeah uh, yes. I, I like drinking um the only the only <laughs>
3: The only other thing I, I w- will say is there's this one song he plays. I think it's like it's like, a we- it's like a song, like Long White Gown. And the lyrics, it's like starts off all dramatic. And he's just like, no one knows. And like that's what he's sort of singing. No one knows. But he, his mic starts to feed back. And he kind of seamlessly goes, no one knows except for me and the sound guy. And oh. uh, it's a slick little like, Dude, he's get cool. your shit together. But he's cool. And he also, that does. Make me realize that, like, or he—he he has one of the best sounding sets off the game. That is true. Yeah, there really yeah. is like one or two moments of feedback, but they just immediately completely sound. Pr- There's no like bass flubs, like no. bullish or like that no is crazy true, yeah. shit. He's up there with corn in terms of just
1: just immediately, yeah, just
3: amazing sound the whole way through, the yeah. whole t- way through. So, and also but that can like-
1: also be a testament to just the musicians themselves you know yeah, yeah.
2: But, you know i mean they're probably not like skipping time on the sound check you know what i mean like come on let's just get out of here like boom 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 like no these guys are like hold on like let's get this tone right you know um, right. another cool thing about the video of the Hornsby set is on his piano there's a clock like a digital clock so you can actually tell what time it is it's and like three ish yeah well, it's well like... no it's i mean they started at two they end around like 240-ish, two forty-ish, two two forty-five-ish. I mean, I mean, it, it goes. No, no, it, it goes. It goes way later than that. I right? think. I
1: think so. Because I remember at one point when we were watching it. I remember noticing and it, it was at like three twenty or something like yeah, that.
2: Yeah, but but it's cool because that's like really one of the only pacemakers that we have for the day, so we could be like, okay. Like. That's when this set was happening. We know that there's going to be this much time in between. So it kind of keeps it all into uh, perspective, really. Because, again, we got all these set times from, like, a website that is run by just, like, music nerds that do this. Like, they put up the set times from festivals from years past. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In order. so But we know that Woodstock 99, with all the other shit that was going on with it, that there's no way everything was starting on time perfectly, you know? Right, right. So... We normally during this time we would switch over to the east stage and tell you who was playing there but we're saving that for next episode. So we're going to jump now to the next act on the west stage. So this would be the band that played right after Hornsby. This is uh about 3:40ish is when they when their set time is listed and it is the 90s nostalgia superstars Everclear. Ugh.
3: Woohoo. Yeah. Dude, so, so. Josh has a bone to pick with Everclear. I've I've I'm noticed in our very little very surprised
2: how much you actually hate it.
3: It's terrible. What what is it? What's your least favorite thing about Everclear?
1: Uh, the fact that the singer can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also man. the fact that like he. We'll we'll get to this in a minute, I'm sure. But he, at one point, he calls out one hit wonders and how the '90s is filled with them. And I, in my mind, I'm like, dude, you barely made it to two. Don't oh, don't go there. Hey, hey, he yeah, they
2: had like they had four, four hits. <laughs> hey, hey don't say, say two, man. It was four.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why. But those big Everclear songs like Santa Monica and Buy You New How like for sure. So when I, when when I was mind. when I was a kid or when I was like a teenager, I always like would listen to those songs on the radio and be like well the I father like
1: of songs. mine song is just so shitty it's all it's like uh the, the the bill bird joke about like the the late night uh anti like wife beater ads on television <laughs> like it's like you really like if your dad is driving around in a car and hears this song he's probably rolling his eyes yeah. he's <laughs> yes. probably less likely to reach out to you because yeah, he doesn't want to talk to his bitch yeah. ass <laughs> <Yeah. stuff. laughs> oh my god oh man oh my well, god okay.
3: dude <laughs> That aside, I just think that they're like those hits are just pretty like well written pieces of like pop rock. They're like catchy, completely, stuff. and they
2: and they spawned like a bunch of other like semi Sonic and bands like that. They all got signed in this wave of like where the coffee rock stuff like the acoustic wasn't hard enough, so they made like coffee punk is what I'm gonna call yeah. it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but they're to this day they're doing like nostalgia tours, <laughs> which
2: they invented. I,
3: yeah,
4: but I think
2: that
3: <laughs> they, they should have they, they, they gone country if they had turned into a country act they would still be a huge band well but,
2: i will get to that because yeah, there's actually there, there was a possibility country where they have gone the that o. Way. oh my <laughs> god yeah i would about but, say i don't know going country only seems to work for some folks because it didn't really seem to bring lit back into the uh spotlight <laughs> right sorry yeah. Lit. i know, sorry, lit. I know you're out issue. there checking our instagram
1: i don't i mean i'm gonna say it i uh, feel like i'll take lit over everclear any day The guy can't, he he really can't sing. Watch the set.
3: No, no, the set is bad. I'm just trying to throw in a little bit of, I'm just saying that I like some of those Everclear songs, but the (laughs) set, the set is garbage. It's really bad. And I will say that I revisited the Lit set and Lit performing their hit songs sound way closer to their actual like recorded versions. And I know we trashed Lit, but when you compare them to Everclear, they do sound way fucking better. So all this stuff we're kind of—I have a weird sympathy for Everclear, but the set is like—it's awful. It's really, really bad. So let's not—you know—we can talk about that where it's just.
2: Yeah. Like, <laughs> Everclear, not, not as good as Lit. That's the—that's the, that's the <laughs> summation yeah. here. Yeah. No, so they were formed in Portland, Oregon, in 1991 uh, by their lead singer Art. Art, uh, what is it, Alexicus, Uh, Alexis? Uh, Art,
3: Alexicus, Alexicus.
2: Yeah, yeah, Alexicus, yeah. After uh, several independent releases and lineup changes, they were finally signed by Capitol Records in 1994. They were discovered and signed by Gary Gersh, who also signed bands like Nirvana and fellow Woodstock 99 alumni Counting Crows. Uh, Art had a hard childhood, beginning with his father leaving him. He developed a heavy drug habit and suffered a near fatal cocaine overdose, which motivated him to get sober and get serious about his music. Nothing's worse than a fucking sober guy trying to get serious about his music. What well, did you hear about? His, <laughs> his, did
1: you hear about his like? Uh, his fifteen year old girlfriend committed suicide. His brother died, and uh, he was God. he filled his pockets with uh, sand and like lead weights and jumped off the Santa Monica pier. But uh. He saw a vision of his brother, and uh, that's what gave him the strength to carry on and start this shitty band.
2: I like how you just, like, literally tore him apart, and, like, you know all this, like, really dark shit about him that I didn't know. And you're still just like, yeah, that guy's a fucking idiot, fucking, (laughs) like, his dad doesn't give a fuck. But you're like, yeah, he tried to kill himself after his girlfriend and his brother died. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This this is what you get here at Podcast 99. (laughs) (laughs) Even-keeled reviews. Yeah. so also he discusses his childhood in the documentary, the F word, which is like about like punk rock. I use that word loosely. Uh, fathers. So it's like got like Fat Mike and the singer of Pennywise and you know all these yeah, you know, all yeah. these guys from different bands talking about being a dad and and he's in it. And he's like covered in tattoos that like his daughters drew because he's like yeah I figured if I'm gonna get more tattoos like they should pick them out and blah blah blah. And it's it's wholesome. Uh, but yeah, he did have a, a pretty uh, rough upbringing and you now initially when they were signed they were compared a lot to nirvana but dave grohl not having that told mtv specifically that he did not think they sounded like nirvana and that bush sounded a lot more like nirvana than any other band oh, man. so we said it True. on our bush episode dave grohl agrees i'm gonna take that as we are right Uh, So now their first big tour was with Marcy Playground and Counting Crows. It doesn't get any more 90s than that. And uh, when they were in Australia, a fan threw a shoe at Art and knocked some of his front teeth out. Then, a couple shows later, still in Australia, a fan threw an explosive on stage, I'm guessing it was probably like a firecracker, it's just described as an explosive, and it blew up and burned one of their stage hands. Like, Australia just not having ever, like, Josh, were you in Australia during that tour? <laughs> were you throwing shoes and explosives? No, but I was going to say, it sounds like
1: everyone down under uh, has the right idea. <laughs>
2: So they won a Grammy in 97. Uh, They they had a few top 10 hits. Like we said, I I think there's four that we can name that were major, major, major overplayed hits. And then uh, another fun fact about Everclear before we dive into their set. Uh, A couple years ago, a woman at uh, Everclear concert was injured when two pro football players stage dove and injured her by landing on top of her. She tried to sue Everclear, saying that they like incited it. And she lost, but uh, yeah, she. Every clear was almost sued because of stage diving. Their shows get fucking rowdy. Apparently, that's There's like, the, like
3: uh, a... the the fishbone, right? Yeah, Didn't fishbone get sued for. I don't They're, know. Like, br... God. S- someone stage dove at a fishbone show and like someone like had to get neck surgery or some crazy shit. Why Jeez. is a pro
1: football player stage diving? Yeah. Probably what do they think that there's a bunch of a other profiles?
2: A couple of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two like yeah. linked arms. They're like, "Hey, lady, catch!"
1: <laughs> but hey, before we get into the set, though, I want to you know go back to the to to the whole, to the titty talk, and uh, I, you know, I feel like Everclear was certainly a, a titty comedy kind of band. At this yeah. at this point uh, in their career, uh, this is around this time that the movie uh, Detroit Rock City came out. Yes. And uh, they, they covered uh, The Boys Are Back in Town for that soundtrack. And if uh, I actually owned that VHS when I was a kid. And uh, after the credits, if you stick around, you can see the music video for their cover of The Boys Are Back in
2: Town. Whoa, because so, they play that during their they set. They do play it. Yeah, yeah, they play it during their set. I didn't know that it was in that movie. Wow. It's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> really bad cover. <laughs> All right. So. But they
3: got Gene Simmons in their music video.
2: Wow, which is probably so. like a childhood dream for one of them.
3: Yeah, 'cause I was I listened to their interview and uh actually Art well see Josh, this you might have a little something in common. So in the interview before the set, Art says that uh they ask what some of their biggest like musical idols are and Art the lead singer says Kiss. So Josh is a big Kiss fan. I don't know why I'm trying to get Josh to laugh. I'm not a big Kiss I'm, fan. You know, my Josh is a big kiss my, fan. I mean my dad yeah, I have a lot Josh of kiss records, kiss. but I, oh, yeah. I like
1: Kiss. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never painted up and gone to see them though, so I guess I can't really. Well,
2: then you're not a fucking Kiss fan, yeah, bro. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. But I bet you right now, if we were gonna go see ICP tonight, you'd paint up. <laughs> Fuck yeah, <Ooh>. I would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so the set now. Again, we're talking about like 3:40. This is the West stage. Uh, these guys are most definitely up for worst dressed. Um, they tried really hard to be nominated for best dressed uh, because they all wore <laughs> matching outfits. So they, like, I think
1: that they wore suits a lot, though. Well, yeah, I know, but If I remember are, correctly, in, in the video, I, I'm not really sure, I'm not 100% on this, but in the music video I was talking about from Deterrake City, I think they were wearing suits.
2: Well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure that you're right. And they're like, but they had cut off shorts. The suits all had cut off shorts. And they all had cowboy hats on, too, when they come out. Right. And, you know, so they're trying to do, like, the Beatles. Like, oh, no, we're all, like, we're in, like, the suits. And, like, we're in, like, this matching outfit. But it just is fucking dog shit.
3: They, they for about 30 seconds, might be a rad show. They come out because they're yes. wearing the full suit for a second. Because they get worse. They take... Articles of clothing off. And and they're like cut off shirts. Worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have white dress shirts that are cut off into like muscle tees. And that's like a really bad look. But for a second when they (laughs) come out, they come out in the all black and the cowboy hats. And like for a second, it's just one guitar kind of playing this sort of like evil sounding riff. And just for 30 seconds, I'm like, whoa, this might be sick. And then the drummer starts, like the whole band comes in and then it just immediately is downhill from the for the rest of the show. Well,
2: see, I have a a conspiracy theory. Well, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory. That makes it sound like it's more important than it is. But the whole, like, cowboy hats thing, that comes because Art spent a lot of time in San Francisco during the cow punk scene days where there was, like, this blend of, like, Western and punk rock, and he was, like, really into that, uh, which somehow translated into Everclear's sound, and then that translated into them wearing cowboy hats for, like, 10 minutes on stage during their Woodstock 99 set. Um, But also, another weird thing is that They have a drummer, but they also have a standing percussionist who doesn't even have like bongos. He just has like another snare drum and cymbals. So it's just like I I don't, I don't get it. Like they need any more
1: cymbals, man. I feel like they really should have taken the fucking hi hats from the homeboy on the behind the kit, man, because he's they're just open and sizzling. Forgot to close them, yeah. The whole time he plays the same beat also in like six songs. It, like it, this? It's, it, yeah, it's that 90s beat
3: where it's like a funk beat that has been all like syncopation and swing has been removed from it, <laughs> placed over a rock song. It's like half of 90s rock songs is that.
2: Well, it's,
4: it's, it's the, the tempo that's
2: <laughs> perfect for jumping up and down without getting too tired. Because that's right. what that was the 90s thing. You just jump the up bounce. and down like pogoing, but like not as like enthused. So you have to keep yeah. the tempo down. So yeah, there's and also like we were talking about this about how in like one of the Metallica documentaries like Lars is trying to nail some drum beat on this part and they're like, "Dude, just do like psh, 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 psh. And He's like, "No, I like I I'm trying to make it interesting." I was, trying to it's be like, weird. "No, just fucking play like that." So I respect a lot of the 90s like mainstream one-hit wonder bands because they knew like, oh, "Fuck it, I'm not trying to be goddamn Buddy Rich here. Like, I'm just trying to play this fucking song."
3: You know what I mean? But, but was there a way to do it without just hitting the hi-hat as hard <laughs> as they could at every like given breath no because that that's what kills it
2: it's absolutely so not and the drummer also comes out with a camcorder so this is two camcorders on the same stage held by uh a, someone that's performing like within an hour of each other i wonder if it was the same camcorder like they just trade off <laughs> i I don't know like Maybe it was just
3: there you know yeah maybe I, they were trying to make like a, a woodstock like Band documentary or something that they scrapped. That would be fucking
2: amazing, dude. There's also, uh, I have written here, there's a bucket of beer on stage, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, They're playing playing
3: Mesa Boogie Amps. So, yeah. (laughs) I just noticed that.
2: (laughs) So they're doing doing their their big intro that that Parks was talking about. And uh, in like classic uh, punk style, Art counts it in for the crowd. One, two, fuck yeah! Fuck you, indeed. That classic uh, one-two, fuck you, man. It doesn't. Uh, it never gets old, especially when you're watching Everclear. Uh, and the it gets crowd, old fast. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just do it once, you know. <laughs> but the yeah. the crowd appears to be pretty stoked. Uh, the the singer's giving off that like sober guy vibe, where you're like, oh, like you probably fuck like a lot to replace what drugs used to give you. Like I don't, know, he, I, I, I don't,
3: I don't get a sex vibe. I'm just getting like he's just screaming. He's just saying the word fuck, and that's well, replacing.
2: Well, no, I, like... I don't get from, from not from the fuck, just like the way he looks. Like I'm just like, oh yeah, like you're yeah. sober, but like I know you have some kind of fucked up hang up, like still. He's definitely
1: <laughs> like that. He does that. O- like he's like an over you know. An
2: over You know, no, no, <laughs> which I mean, is I'm, hard to
1: be. have talked about that. like right? the, the guys in, like on stage that just like over, like they swear. Way more than they should,
2: right? We're like so Kid Rock w- just played, and like we, by no means do we think he was over cursing. But he just this says, over but cursing. it's like he
1: doesn't say any other word except for fuck. It seems like
2: yeah, he like he loves it, uh, and and like <laughs> the style of the mosh pit, which there is a mosh pit pretty much the entire set. It's very safe though, like it's very like like a kid's first pit. Like when everyone's like, oh, like a kid's in here. Like he's like, like let's like tone it down, guys. Like that's kind of yeah. what it's like. But another well, weird thing is, there's a guy sitting behind the guitar amps in a folding chair playing air drums the whole time. I don't know if you guys noticed that.
1: No, I did. I didn't. Maybe that's didn't for like the that. the deaf people in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Mind My- <laughs> You ever seen those people that? I, I think he's like a <laughs> yeah, no,
2: no. I think he's like a conductor for the drummer. Like, he's like the drummer's watching him. Like, oh, okay. Like, hat yeah, hi-hat, one, hi-hat. Two, hi-hat. Yeah.
3: We keep saying one, two, fuck you, so I keep losing count. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Where's the three, four? But, uh, jeez. And we, even with the auxiliary drummer, they they still need a, a a third base coach to, and they're and and that's still not helping because because the problem the problem is is that what they're doing to hmm. their songs that sound pretty decent recorded is that he's doing that thing not only is the drummer hitting the cymbal way too much but he's playing the songs way too fast which like i don't know if maybe only the singer is sober and the drummer like they give all the drugs to him because he's doing the cocaine drummer thing no you know, Dewey Cox,
1: <laughs> dude we... if you look at that guy that, that guy is, that guy's like a, yeah. guy a doughy baby face high schooler looking motherfucker yeah, well, man. look at me i mean he's just
3: he's just playing <laughs> He's just playing the songs too fast.
2: Dude, okay, well, you know, you, okay, so Josh just mentioned the over-cussing, which I'm, like, we're going to be using that a lot. I feel like there's some other over for sure, uh, but he, here's a perfect example of that. He, they just finished that, like, first song, that intro thing, and, and check this out.
4: Fucking Woodstock, are you having a good time?
2: Literally just... Fuck you, Woodstock! Like what? <laughs> like, chill out on the fucking on the fucking chill out on the fucks. You know what I mean? But uh, he's he's still trying to ramp everyone up and and trying to get that punk energy, that San Francisco cow punk energy, that Santa Monica vibe. Yeah, Santa Monica yeah. vibe. You can't stop this guy. It is is a fucking tank of cuss words, but just one cuss word, and you can see the peace patrol trying to get people to like clap along, like like because you know one thing that happens throughout this entire set is like you know the words or like clap along or like let me hear you, you know all that crowd participation shit. Every single song he does that, and the peace patrol's like in on it, like hype men. Like they're like trying to lead people and clapping and that's kind of them is like, cool. Well, yeah, you know they're having a good time. You yeah, know? And then yeah, they, that's they, good they to just see.
3: Re- they just don't know. Like maybe they're like, "Well, we made it through the first day. Like this is gonna be pretty cool, actually. Like,
2: Smooth sailing no. from here. Oh yeah. I mean, what what, what actor you working next, Lim Bizkit? Oh, that should be fun. Yeah. At this point, <laughs> just some
3: some plastic bottles raining on the stage is the worst we've had for Saturday. So
2: yeah, they're they're they're, they're doing pretty good so far. Um, but like right after that that particular song, the like jumbotron camera swings behind the drummer so you can see like his drum set
1: the, aux, and he, the auxiliary drummer
2: r- yeah yeah <laughs> and he starts writing on his drum heads it, like actually, little yeah, it, says,
1: it actually says uh hi beautiful
2: yeah yeah and then one it says like like heart bubba so yeah. i don't know if that's like a particular hi, maybe shout like, out to someone but yeah late, one drum, maybe a
1: girlfriend uh, yeah who knows maybe, little sister. maybe he's bubba
2: but, like, I thought that that was, like, kind of a fun little Easter egg, you know, writing on your yeah. drum head so there's, like, a little message out there, and, you know? And can
3: we can we all, can we also say that having the standing uh, unnecessary auxiliary percussion drummer did become a very big trend in bands about 10 years ago, so...
2: Yeah, like Arcade Fire, uh, I think the entire band are stand-up drummers.
3: <laughs> right, so, like... Hey, maybe they were a little out of their time with. Well, Ospring completely... had one too, dude. Yeah, they did. Well, that guy was doing a lot though. But like talking, <laughs> bands <laughs> like Talking Heads and other people did that
1: shit.
2: Well, yeah, the bands that actually well yeah, used talking and utilized Heads, percussion. But we're a, talking about everyone like
3: a bongo player just like ripping it up. You're like, man, that bongo player is sick. But like when you have a guy that's just essentially has a drum kit with out a kick drum and yeah, he's that's just play yeah. to the same beat yeah. as the drummer. That's only okay in my more man. But, but-, <laughs> but
1: Surfers had to uh to all
2: these bands that have like way more artistic credo than fucking yeah. Everclay. You know what I mean? Like they're actually <laughs> yeah. like using them. Like this guy is literally playing the same beat as the drummer, just like minus a, a bass drum. Like it's yeah. he should have been playing like an anti hi hat. Like whatever would like tone down the other guy's hi hat, that's what he should have so. been playing. But uh So then Art, uh, you know, he addresses the negative effects of commercializing a festival like Woodstock, which is very odd, considering that they're playing like a really decent slot and are a majorly commercially successful band at that time.
3: Can can we hear? Are we doing that clip?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll check it out. Because I mean, it's just like it's like it's like if someone gave you like a three hundred dollar steak and you're like eating it, it's so fucking good. But you're like, dude, steak shouldn't be fucking three hundred bucks. That's bullshit. It's like shut the fuck up and eat it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's listen to that real quick.
0: Let's have a big Fuck you to the people who are trying to make this a commercial venture. Fuck yeah. On three. One, two, three. Fuck you! That's what I'm talking about.
3: Yeah, cause see my question here is so he says Well he says, um he says, Thank thanks for making sure that Woodstock wasn't commercial or like it didn't get too commercial. And that's, like, such a f- interesting thing where it's, like, it's it's kind of one of those things that when you, like, yell it out, you're like, oh, yeah, we don't want things to be too commercial. And then, like, it kind of immediately, like, a crowd will be like, yeah, like, self-righteous. Like, yeah, we don't want it to be too commercial. We don't like that. But it's an incredibly vague statement. Like, what does that mean? And, and at what point... Yeah, like, we was, shouldn't be which, getting
2: paid for this. Like, right, what, you, yeah. like, like what do you want?
3: Like, how and how what made... At what was the limit that woodstock became not too commercial like there it's just like one of those things you say and you're going to get a lot of cheers for without it having to make any sense whatsoever
2: no completely and then uh so then he goes on to play like an acoustic song where everyone kind of sings and the drummer the one behind the kit gets up with the camcorder and he's smoking a cigarette and he's like walking around getting like selfies with the band and filming the crowd while smoking and yeah and throughout- he's, not,
3: he's not drumming so this is my favorite part of the set
2: so far,
3: <laughs> is when he's not drumming. the
2: one time he's not banging an open hi-hat is when he's literally standing like 20 feet away from the drum set and he's like probably yeah. itching to get back to it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like you can't wait but uh also you know d- throughout their entire set when it shows the crowd there is a lot of uh what we're gonna call shoulder titties and these are these are you know, bare-breasted women on the shoulders of someone else. So we call that shoulder titties because you see that a lot, but it's more during some bands than others. Everclear, tons of
1: shoulder titties. <laughs> Sounds like a body mod. Yeah,
2: <laughs> dude, you see that chick, dude? She just had shoulder titties installed. Uh, so it, installed, mean, uh, like it's a car. That's what you would do with a shoulder titty. You would install it. Uh, so then, uh, during his uh, his his banter during a next song, he makes a really kind of like. Ominous statement about the state of the music industry and, and the 90s and the bands that were getting signed. Uh, now, keep in mind, like Everglear during, ni- like, during the 90s, especially like 1999, 97, and 99, they were a fucking huge band. They had major, mm-hmm. major hits on the radio. They had won a Grammy. They didn't know that they were going to end up being like this nostalgia trip 20 years later. So uh, I-, I love this kind of like fucked up, unintentional premonition here
0: question do you ever get sick of bands with only one good fucking song on their record <laughs> welcome to the 90s baby because that's what it's all about this song goes out to you you know what we call people like that we call them one hit wonder
2: welcome to the 90s and goodbye mm-hmm. to the 90s too dude because that's like mm-hmm. all you got like after that because now yeah everclear host i think it's called like.
1: Oh, was it like St- Summerland or, Nos- or something? Well, it's like the nostalgia tour. It's like
2: yeah. Well, it has like a, a name, but yeah, it's a '90s nostalgia tour. Like they play with Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth and like Spin Doctors, and sometimes it'll be on a cruise ship. Sometimes it's an actual tour. A lot of the times, oh, they... with
3: Lit, Lit has done it too. Yeah, yeah, Lit.
2: Lit's done it. So like they know where they where they stand now. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, and,
3: and Live has done it too. God. Nice. I feel oh, like live is like, like too deep
2: to be hanging out with these guys. And I <laughs> hate live. I can't even believe I just said that. But like they are. They're, they're, I just feel like they probably don't hang out with everyone backstage, you know. But uh, or like no one wants to talk to them. Like, oh, dude, that's like live. Like you don't want to like get in their head before they play, you know. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, there's like another weird part of his banter where he, he references the night before, which would have been Friday, day one of Woodstock 99. And it just makes me wonder what the fuck went down because there's really no explanation. It's kind of just like, hey, I'm like still mad about this thing. I'm going to get all these people to be mad about it. Like, we've all played shows, you guys. Yeah, he's that- such a bitch ass. That's what I'm what? saying. Have you guys ever like had that where like something fucked up happens to you at like a venue so like you try and get the crowd in on your anger
3: oh
1: parks yeah i, I <laughs> dude, I've done i done i done that
3: yeah you know what i mean like where it's Star like bar. It, it, it's like uh. you're just being a,
2: like <laughs> you're really you're just being like a, a prick you know what i mean it's like like the crowd like they do not want to hear you play your songs like they yeah. don't want to all
1: but, right but maybe i'm the bitch ass cuz i've been a bitch ass yeah. too dude
2: fucking i i played a, a show and it was it wasn't it was 21 and up and all my friends at the time i was like 18 but we were able to get in cuz we were playing but all my friends that bought tickets couldn't get in so i fucking threw glasses at the bar and shit i was a kid i could have been killed
1: i was trying to <laughs> i was trying to get the crowd to to do a fuck that guy chant and no one was in on it
2: okay so that's any e- perfect example of this yeah. so, so l- Same let's, listen thing, to, yeah. let's listen to what our art says
1: about <laughs> the night before
0: you know they told us there wasn't gonna be anybody at this stage they said we weren't good enough for people to walk a mile and a half over to see us how about all three? Another fuck you! Fuck you. One, two, three. Fuck you. This goes to that big fat motherfucker who would let me on stage last night. One, two, three. Fuck you. I feel better now.
3: Cool. That so, fat uh, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to interject because I I forgot to mention that I did watch the uh, the pre-show interview and uh, a couple things that may get you some sympathy or may not is um one it sounds like he saw corn last night the night before they were there but they don't reference exactly maybe what had happened but he during the interview does have some pretty mean things to say about the peace patrol he even says something about them having uzis and i thought it was a joke but it, (laughs) it, it, it sounded like he was serious but i was like no that we haven't seen any other evidence of the peace patrol having you know, any kind of weapon. Yeah. If anyone has a Uzi, gun, dude, if gun. anyone
2: at Woodstock 99 had an Uzi, it was a fucking member of the audience and they were able yeah. to sneak it in past the peace patrol of the gates.
3: <laughs> so I don't, I'm not totally sure what that was, but he, I will say, uh, he did actually mention that he had just had surgery for vocal polyps. And that might be why he was just screaming obscenities instead of singing his songs. Um, and why he sounds so bad but wow. i never i've never seen another everclear show uh, so i have nothing to I see what you're trying to with. do here parks. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't going to work, <laughs> but, but we can talk about them covering the boys are back in town and you can right p- take me back to zero because this cover is <laughs> okay, atrocious.
2: That's crazy cuz th- okay, so that's next. Yeah, so so then they play what i have described as a mega everclear rendition of the boys are back in town. There's like Yeah synthesizer or organ over it and of oh, course yeah, there's, still been
3: a, there's a keyboard player yeah there's a keyboard time. player well
2: because they do like a lot of like fucking stupid little like r- like uh organ Ugh. shit you know what i mean over some of their stuff but yeah they play the boys are back in town and everyone's going crazy again dude like we're talking shit but the crowd is fucking going crazy for this like they love everclear they really they really totally do uh and so then they play one of their biggest hits, I Will Buy You A New Life, and you spot a bunch of shoulder titties as well as a very, very intense grope. Uh, one of the worst ones I've actually seen on the pay-per-view, there's a woman in a blue bikini being crowd-surfed, and the, the camera swoops over, shows her for a second, everything's fine. And then when the camera swoops over again to show her, there's literally just, like, a horde of men underneath her trying to tear her bottoms off, trying to tear a top off, and she's like physically struggling to keep this shit on it's like totally again she's laughing but you know it's like yeah. it's fucking serious yeah. and it's, it's really hot out and it's like like yeah. it's scary like that, that's and, and, and like every, a big one
3: and every time we because it, again it's pretty lighthearted. we're trying to rip on this 90s band but the gropes are almost always like vi- they're just like really disturbing it bums us out happen. like because we're, we're sitting there like, watching these
2: and then we then we see that and we're like ah oh,
3: fuck and you also realize that I mean you can't say for sure what the editing decision was by pay-per-view but it feels like it was meant to be included to be celebratory um because it's like why else would you basically include like people like violating people unless you thought it was cool so it's well, just like the fact it, that it's yeah. on the camera too is just like oh god
2: well, sometimes yeah. it, it feels like that for sure. Like, especially when it's just like someone showing their boobs or whatever. But then yeah. also sometimes the cuts really feel like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like switch over. Right. Like, like, oh, we like,
3: didn't want like, let's not show that.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, oh, yeah, she's still getting crowd served. Awesome. Bring the camera back on her. Like, oh, fuck. Uh, d- change it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a yeah. lot shorter during the bad part than it is. During yeah, the where good it's like part. the Guster
1: set with the g- girls on top of the food truck or whatever. Like, you know, that the guy's like getting raided in like Ted, Ted. What are you doing, Ted? And he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I got to get cat. back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, 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 turn that camera around, motherfucker. The band's on. He's like, oh, shit. He's like zoomed in to the highest extent. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, wait, but there's titties on the corn dog stand. Yeah. I mean, that
3: probably did happen.
2: Dude, I completely fucking believe. I mean, because, dude, you see guys in the Peace Patrol all the time with disposable cameras. So I'm sure the guys with the power to put titties on a fucking Jumbotron were hooked on that. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, Art also mentions that that they wanted to play Woodstock since 94, man, and, and they're so glad they got to do it. It looks like paradise out there. Uh, I don't fucking know what his idea of paradise is like, but mine is not Woodstock 99 during an Everclear set. Uh, then, then they end their song with, like, a big ending where Art keeps asking for a D. Like, he's got to get a D. He's obviously talking about the, the, note. the note, but, like... He needs that D, dude, and this is, like, so, I I could listen to this all, like, over and over again because it's so fucking funny. This is how bad art from Everclear needs the D. I need the D, dude. It, I could again all day. It's just so funny to me. I don't know. I know it's like a kid thing. Yeah. Like, like I know it's like super yeah. immature. But like that shit's fucking hilarious, dude. So then they play another one of their huge hits, "Father of Mine," which uh, includes the interesting lyric: "Wasn't easy for me to be a scared white boy in a black neighborhood." Okay. See, I'm glad
1: I'm glad you brought this up because I, I was I was gonna I was gonna talk about this too. So okay, again, he's blaming his dad. He's like, "Thanks a lot, dad. Like I had to be around a bunch of black people."
2: oh god dude you are fucking painting him to be the worst
1: guy Uh, ever
2: what else is he saying my dad left me and now i gotta fucking deal with people that aren't like me no i'm you know i I don't know you know you know what white boy it's
1: okay to like okay maybe he can think that but like that's that's in a pop song
2: dude jeffrey dahmer was a scared white boy in a black neighborhood and he did just fine
1: well he wasn't
3: scared but um yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's safe to say that the 90s there was a lot of blaming songs. If it wasn't your family yeah. members, you know, you had that like I know that the Gen sta- X, you know, that, that stained song was like a big blaming song. Which one? Just, what was
2: the one? didn't inside oh, Well, Limp Bizkit, Limp Bizkit has tons Limp-
3: of blaming songs. Limp- oh Limp god, yeah. so many songs just blaming the other person for their misfortune and I I mean, I can't say for certain, but it just it, it Maybe just because of my generation, it's just like there seems to be so many of those. You don't and hear so... Kid Rock
1: saying that shit.
2: Yeah, he says he has other choice uh, words to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, th- so during this song, almost like a-, a round of applause, you see a new wave of enthusiastic shoulder titties. Like, like instead of clapping, they're just like, oh, like I'll pull my boobs out. Like in that, like so you really see it spread. You're like, oh shit, there's like a lot of boobs being shown for this Everclear song.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna go. Back. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm so stuck on this line. <laughs> he could. <laughs> <laughs> he could have said bad neighborhood, but he said mm-hmm. black. It mm-hmm. it's true. Well, maybe it wasn't a bad neighborhood. Maybe it was like,
2: you know, some rich suburbs, but he was just like the only one. I don't I don't fucking know. Yeah. I mean he was fucking probably, maybe no, just a racist right. bastard, you know. With uh, what now he's got Powerpuff Girl tattoos. Because bad so.
1: and black, like they've almost, run, you know, it's very yeah. close.
2: yeah. He could have switched it. He, he could have switched it. You're right. You're right. Uh,
1: but, it's just, it's just the part of the
3: time. To- I think it was just, yeah, very. Uh, no, you know what it is. Thing oh to say. oh my
2: god! Look, my look, dad. Look, look, look. <laughs> That's what it is. I can't wait for Art to like call us and be like, you know, I was like physically abused like very badly for a number <laughs> of years. Like you know, what I mean, like some fucking. You're like t- so was
1: the rest of the fucking world. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. <my> god. <laughs> So Let it art, go. Art,
2: art gets everyone to chant for one more song, and everyone's like more than happy to do it. And so everyone, one more song, one more song, and he's like, "Who wants to come up on stage and dance?" And they bring up a ton of people on stage, like a whole lot, mostly Probably, yeah, mostly like 20 women. Or, or
1: something.
2: I mean, well, they do it in waves. So like, at the first group is like twenty. Then they bring another group on, and then Peace Patrol is like. Kind of losing their minds, but it's the music is so mellow that they're not really having to do crowd control. So now they're just worried about the stage, and uh, they, they bring them on stage. And it's again, it's mostly women. A lot of them are just wearing, you know, like their bras or or a bikini, like kind of scantily clad. One you, woman though, yeah,
1: dude, the, with the jeans and the shirt. Yeah, she has.
2: She has. Okay, she one looks woman, like, the, like
1: the kid from uh, Days to Confuse, like the main character. Like yes, she looks yes. Like that
2: kid. Yes, dude, and yeah, like t shirt, jeans, baggy jeans. Her hair is like kind of long, a little greasy, and she has. This Terrified blank look on her face. That's not like, oh my god, like I'm so nervous to be in front of this many people on stage with this band. I like, no, she's nervous, like the acid took like a harsh left turn, and now she she ended up on stage
3: at the wrong Woodstock. Yeah, she just like like you see everyone dancing, and then the camera just her hands are just
1: by her side, like (laughs) like kind of weird posture. Like it's yeah,
2: she's going through it for sure. And there's just like such a major lack of rhythm amongst everyone on stage dancing that it almost looks like like stock footage or like if you like went on the internet and were like people dancing, like this is what they would give you to use for free for like an advertisement. Like that's how little they're able to dance. And there's also a mud Nazi on stage. We haven't talked about the mud people in a while. The mud Nazis. But one of them managed to get on stage, and he's got red hair dye that's like melted off, that's like stained his entire face. So he's just like bright red, like a fucking crayon, covered in mud. And everyone else is normal, having a good time. And this guy's just like, whoa, like going eight. He's on another level. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's not. He's he's not on the same page. Him and the Acid Girl should get together, uh, and then so during that time, there's a ton of on-stage titties. Like every time the camera like goes in and like focuses on a girl, they flash. And I'm gonna say that they win most on-stage titties, even more so than ICP, who we had only seen this. You know, be, like that's the only set that we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, the only bands to yeah. bring people on stage was ICP and Everclear thus far, and I mean they just really pull them out for Everclear. It's it's really crazy. Uh, and then the stand up, just to show you how pointless it is to have that fucking extra stand up drummer. Uh, they let like a preteen kid like bang on them,
3: do the same thing that he was doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like here, you're
2: like go for it. And then uh, yeah. the Peace Patrol comes on stage and wrangles everyone off, and and it's, that's Everclear. I mean,
1: it's honestly thank God, sort thank of God. A, dude
3: the end of it is like sort of kind of entertain. it's like it's kind of a a 69 or uh it's like a it's like a moment it, it's, it's got
2: some 69 vibes for sure but, i'll, I'll but, give them that
3: but everclear is like just one of those post-grunge bands that i mean for the most part it's just it was a i don't know i was watching the set and i get to the end of this i'm like oh look it's kind of fun that they're like on stage and i'm like this is what this podcast has done to me. Like, this is how it's warped my brain where like, (laughs) there's really nothing that there's nothing good about this set that I'm like, Oh, like a bunch of like morons get on stage. And like, that's kind of nice. And it's just like, like if you had to eat a piece of standards have, yeah, my standards have lowered so much.
2: Yeah. I'm telling you, if you had to eat a piece of poop every fucking day by like, That 300th day, you'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good piece of poop. You know what I mean? better than the
1: one last week. Yeah,
2: it was like better than last week's shit, you
3: know? The only other thing I can say is the bass player kind of looks like Justin Long. He does, yeah. Uh, The guitar player has some of the craziest, most terrible sideburns there are. And then the lead singer has, like, the most, like, Getty image, generic, tribal tat.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 he He definitely does, yeah. Yeah, I think they're covered up now because in that documentary, the effort when he's talking, he's 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 fucking covered now. Like in ninety nine, he had a few tattoos. Now he's like full sleeved out. And like those aren't really anywhere to be seen from what I remember. So this brings us to the emerging artist roundup again during all these main stages. There's always that side stage in the hangar almost a mile and a half away from all the other shit with. Bands playing, So uh, we're going to cover the three bands that are playing during this slot. Again, keep in mind that we skipped over the the main stage band during this moment in time because that's going to be next episode, which is a legend. So we have American Pearl. So there's set times like right around like when Bruce Hornsby was starting. So you're talking like two o'clock ish Uh, rock band from Los Angeles. They were formed out of a really fucking depressing and forgettable mid 90s sunset strip scene when like grunge had taken over, killed hair metal. Hair metal still kind of had like a little home on the Sunset Strip in L.A. because that's like kind of where it started, but it was just like no one's getting like Buck Cherry and shit. Like kind of grew like that sound kind of grew out of that mm-hmm. that that whole scene. Like people just trying to keep kicking it around uh they were formed in 97 they were signed to wind up records in 99 uh, they opened for bands like buck cherry of course <laughs> the cult creed and kiss uh, another kiss little reference here we're gonna hear about kiss quite a bit uh in 2000 they released their first album which was produced by steve jones of the sex pistols and jonesy's jukebox for those of you in la listening to the radio uh they disbanded though in 2002 and their music can be heard in such classic films as scream 3 Dragon Ball Z Slug Lord and yeah. Dragon Ball Z Cooler's Revenge. Cooler's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the Dragon Ball Z people are like, dude, American Pearl. Great American rock and roll. Like, I don't know. But yeah, their sound is like it's it's like a Buck Cherry, but not so kind of 80s metally. Like a little more like there's some nineties guitar tones just in there. Some like, like a little a little new metally, but like not enough to just claim new metal. Uh Then after that, we got Full Devil Jacket. Now, this is an interesting one because it's the only emerging artist to have a complete video of their set online. Um, uh, Again, we're not sure if the emerging artist sets were put out onto pay-per-view or if they were just recorded at the same time they were being projected onto the Jumbotrons but the full half hour set is is up on YouTube uh, they were formed in Jackson Tennessee their original name was Voodoo Hippies and after a lineup and name change they were signed to fucking Def Jam Records which is like crazy uh, they released their first album in 99 and their next in 2000 and their second album was Certified Gold so this man ba- I mean they did emerge a little bit like a flash in a pan like yeah, you know what I mean their biggest thing that happened to them was the Certified Gold that happened the year after yeah, they played you know
1: yeah if you remember back to our first survivor story uh our, our friend tony b uh saw them and then talked about it
2: yeah so. yeah and, and and we'll get to that in, in just a second because there's actually like a, a moment that he talks about that you can completely reference while watching their set oh right um they toured with bands uh like creed creed's been getting a lot of these emerging artists uh touring with them they also toured with uh nickelback and typo negative typo yeah which is very cool probably even cooler than them being certified as gold was that they played with typo negative. yeah dude uh, they also played with mud vein slipknot and slayer um and while on tour with creed their singer josh brown suffered a drug overdose not sure what drug and he quit the band uh, now he's the singer of a christian metal band called day of fire
1: let's uh let's play this clip real quick though uh
2: no uh, uh, the, the christian okay yeah okay it is it is funny that like while on tour with creed first of all like fuck man like how crazy was the like, creed like be, backstage like to be the opening band
1: and do enough drugs to have a drug overdose don't well dude, don't uh, there was a video that surfaced but it, it's they kind of pulled a lot of the footage of it but there was clips of a uh, Scott Stapp and Kid Rock, like, fucking groupies backstage. And there's a part oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a part yeah, yeah. where Scott Stapp is like, uh, oh, it's great to be the king. <laughs> so they were wild. We're, you know.
2: we're going to find that. Uh, when we get to Creed, I promise you, we will try our best to find that sound clip. Uh, but we're far off from, from Creed. So, yeah, it's so the singer of Full Devil Jacket plays in a Christian metal band now, which is interesting because during their set on the Emerging Artist Stage at Woodstock 99, he makes a very kind of, like, not Christian statement, so let's check that out really quick.
0: Everything they ever told you, taught you, and sold you was a fucking lie. So fuck the government, fuck religion, and fuck the rest of the world. And let me
2: Again, that's, like, just a very 90s thing. Like, fuck the government. Fuck religion. Fuck, fuck, you know, fuck. I think he's yeah. overcussing. Uh totally. I, I'm going to say he's an overcusser for, for sure. And their set is actually pretty mellow. Uh, they, they sound like a heavier version of Creed. It, it is in the new metal family, but there's no rapping to it. It's just, like, this kind of new heavy style of music and and the footage actually gives you a really great look at what the emerging artist stage actually looked like because it is a huge huge stage and there is a lot of people there even though it's the emerging artist stage in a hangar way far away from the main action it is fucking packed like there are thousands of people in there and they seem to be enjoying it you know what i mean like everyone cheers and uh At one point, the the singer asked, hey, who wants some CDs? You know, check out fulldeviljacket.com. Like, they were probably really hyped on getting a website and having CDs. But Tony B, yes, our our first Survivor story, he says that he saw them when he went over to that tent and got a CD from them. This is the clip where Tony B mentions that, and then you're going to hear the clip of the singer giving CDs out. Presumably one went to Tony B.
0: Who wants some CDs? Who wants some CDs? I have a CD, everybody. Everybody over here on Hey, y'all, check out fulldeviljacket.com. Sign your name up, get a free CD. Find out where all our shows are. We got an album coming out on uh, Mercury Island, that's him. Coming out in January. We got an EP coming out in October.
1: I
2: love linking shit together. I love when yeah. the, the stories connect. You know, you know like research. like Pony, like when, when she talked about her sign and then we heard the clip like this is that for, for the emerging artist stage. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that they played a song where the chorus is, oh, my God, you're fucking tasty. I love that. <laughs> he says it over and over. Uh-huh. Oh my God, you're fucking tasty. Yeah, uh, and and another uh, yeah yeah oh, oh yeah. So so we 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 did the fucking whole anti-Christian uh, thing that that he says. So after after they play, and again, that is the only full set from the Emerging Artist stage that's available on, on the internet thus far. Uh, but we have Old Pike. And Old Pike is a rock group from Bloomington, Indiana. Their influences include John Mellencamp and Bruce Springsteen. Strange influences to have. Uh, if you're not just like a solo singer songwriter, like to start a band and be like, well, we want to sound like Bruce Springsteen. Like, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, they were discovered by Ben folds, which totally makes sense for that kind of music. He took them on tour. That is what led them to the 99 emerging artist stage. However, they disbanded shortly after that. But a couple of the members of the bands that they joined other big bands, like, like one of them joined, uh, my morning jacket. That's like the biggest one, but they're all still playing music in, in different bands. So that, I'm going to say, brings us to the end of uh, this particular portion of day two. We, we did it. <laughs> Hornsby and Everclear done. Uh, we, yeah, we, we want to give a quick uh, shout out to everyone listening. Please make sure to like and subscribe our stuff. Share it with everyone you know. Uh, also, we, we do have a Patreon up. We're getting ready to release a whole slew of exclusive content only available there. We're talking commentary tracks for sets that you can listen to while you watch these things. We're talking episodes about things related to what we're talking about on the actual uh, podcast, but maybe, you know some deeper cuts if you will and um you know uh just you can check us out on uh what is it patreon.com slash culture dumps that's for the exclusive content and next episode we're going to fill in the space between the two acts that we covered today so be sure to check that out
0: you know i'm worried about a couple of girls out there you lost your top, so you guys all right
2: if you worked at, went to, or played Woodstock 99, please contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at podcast99. Again, you can also subscribe to our Patreon account, our Patreon channel there at uh, patreon.com slash culturedumps. Podcast 99 would also like to thank Gray Holger at Condredick Sound for all of his technical assistance. Without him, this podcast would not be possible. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you at Woodstock.